So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's mvmt-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project podcast. Today we are joined by Megan Van Pay, owner of Grateful Plates in Green Bay. Megan is a culinary nutritionist that wants to give you the tools to create healthy habits and live a healthy lifestyle. Um, and she also does meal planning based on no sugar, no gluten, uh, no dairy, and along with small group coaching um, to focus on mindset and goal setting. So Megan, thanks for coming on. I know that you have a background um, and a good why as to what led you here um, and your health journey um, that I think a lot of people would relate to. So if you can tell us more um, about kind of that background and how Grateful Plates came to be. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate just being here. Um, so background. So I grew up actually on a dairy farm. So I give dairy-free options. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, yeah grew up on a dairy farm and just struggled a lot with um, digestive issues growing up and into my teenage and into college years. And that's kind of where I started dabbling in healthy eating was to try and like fix my gut. And it was like, what was going mm. on? What can I do? And just really started really small. Um, I then went to college and was more um, in kinesiology. So I did more of the movement side, but I was finding that I loved being in the kitchen, just loved it, loved cooking, everything. And it really kind of took a turn when my daughter was born. So about two and a half years ago, um, she was born and I actually struggled with tons of anxiety and insomnia after she was born. Hmm. So I, the longest I went was three days without sleeping a wink, um, which was wow. crazy. And if you can imagine, you know that when you don't sleep, you are stressed out and your body just isn't healing and sleep is extremely important for just overall health. Um, it's when we heal and restore everything. So mm -hmm. once I did that, I knew that like I needed to do something and I had done a diff, uh, I had tried so many different things to try and help me. And until I finally like went back to school for culinary nutrition, um, I never really realized the power of food. Um, just like how amazing it can help to heal in all different areas and how you know, when it comes to inflammation, when it comes to hormonal imbalance, when it comes to the things like anxiety and stress and mm -hmm. insomnia, how much of a difference it made. And so that's where I was like, I need to share this with so many other people out there. People need to realize the power of something that is really affordable and not something that it has to be like this out of the world, you know, thing that we seem to think is impossible or you know, go to the, you know, first thing that's super quick. So yeah, that's where I jumped all in. My husband was on board and he's like, yeah, go for it. Share this with people. People need to know it. And for me, my thought was, I was like, well, people just know this. And he kept saying, no, yeah. like, you need to share your message. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I jumped into what I call grateful plates. And to me, uh, the name just says it all. Um, mm -hmm. because we can't, you can eat everything healthy, but if you don't actually go into your meals with, you know, um, a rest and digest state, I always tell people, which grateful, being grateful for your what's on your food gets you in that state. It's just we still will never feel fully healed. So yeah, I work with um, small groups. So um, the biggest size that I actually usually take of women is 10 um, women at a time. And I just love the intimacy that we have. And then when I do some meal plans that, yes, everything is gluten-free, dairy-free, uh, refined sugar-free. So we remove 
pretty much every inflammatory food that is um, really the main inflammatory foods, um, just to get people started to start thinking about healthy eating is not as this thing that's far-fetched, but actually something that they can do in their own kitchen. Nice. I like that. Um, you touched on it briefly. My, I was going to ask, why the no sugar? Why the no gluten? Why the no dairy? I mean, I have an idea, but I think a lot of people don't realize what those things are doing inside of their bodies. Yeah. And you know what, Trevor, is I get a lot of people that are like, well, my grandparents used to eat this or my parents <laughs> used to eat this. Like, what's the problem with it now? Or like mm-hmm. even my parents with still owning a dairy farm are like, there's nothing ma- the problem with this. You know, we've ate this our entire life. And unfortunately, I always say the food that is in our system today was not the food that it used to be back okay. then. You know, yeah. even the nutrient content of what you'll find in food today is not the same as what it was when our ancestors or our grandparents even ate it. So when it comes down to those foods, they cause a majority of people, when I tell them to remove them, feel a hundred times better, Mm -hmm. right? Because of the way that they act in the body. So they actually can create these hormonal or inflammatory cascades where they're actually causing our bodies to be inflamed. And people are like, well, I don't feel a problem or anything. And you may not feel physical symptoms of it, but always people I think associate like just bloating or an mm-hmm. upset stomach or anything with inflammation, but it could be anything. It could be acne. It could be joint pain. It could be, you know, your hair is falling out. It could be insomnia or anxiety. Those are all things that are triggered by inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so we remove those things, especially sugar, because sugar by far to me for any person um, should really not be in a diet um, or in a lifestyle, I guess I would like to say, mm-hmm. is because nice. it just creates these cascade of reactions in the body that really are hurting us instead of helping us. And I always tell people, you're either building health or you're building disease, so choose one or the other. 100%. That's a strong <laughs> statement right there. I mean, <laughs> that is one 100% accurate, though. And I mean, like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but everybody has like cancer type cells in their body, correct? And what you're feeding it, what you're basically fueling your body with is going to or potentially could cause that to turn into the full-fledged thing or you can eat properly and put the put things that your body wants in it to kind of either avoid that or slow it down. I mean, is that pretty accurate? Food has that much power right? It does. Yeah. I mean, food honestly can put things like autoimmune conditions and remission Mm -hmm. um, along coupled with uh, like other lifestyle practices as well too. But you know, it's really powerful when it comes to how it reacts. I mean, anyone could do the simple test of remove these foods for even a week and see how you feel, you know, or I always tell people, you know, think about your energy levels after you eat something that's processed or packaged you most times want to sit on the couch and slump on the couch, probably, mm-hmm. right? And then you sit there and then you're like, why am I not doing anything? Right. Well, it's because of the food that you just ate. So it's really cool when I work with clients that it's like, they, I had one client of mine that she literally went from a total processed and packaged food to all of a sudden she was like, Megan, I cleaned my whole house. I washed my whole bathroom. I did all these things. And that was her goal was to be able to do that in her home and to play with her grandkids more. And it was just, you know, it's really, really powerful when that's literally majority of the time, that's the thing that we're changing the most. Um, Along with we work with, you know, stress um, and mindset and things like that of, you know, reframing these things so that you have that whole picture of what health um, are, you know, holistic health looks like Mm -hmm. nice i like that um you know we see a lot of people or not a lot of people but sometimes they'll come in and it's like hey we need to dial in your eating habits a little bit while we're working on this stuff because you're in pain we're trying to get you out of it but help us help you a little bit more by kind of tweaking these things or taking some of like you said the sugars gluten dairy out of it for a little bit see how you feel because most of the time people, once they feel those changes, don't go back. Do you see a lot of that? Yeah. And it actually, when you were talking about that, it made me think of a client that I have right now is she always would have ankle pain every Mm. single morning she'd wake up and she always thought like, 
it's my shoes, it's this, or it's that, or it's actually my back that's causing the ankle pain. And one of the things that, you know, people are really hesitant about removing gluten because it's so trendy, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, is it a fad? Is this actually a legitimate thing? And she removed it and she literally didn't have any of that pain anymore. And then she also said, not that long ago, she said she had ate something that she knew had it in it. And all of a sudden the next morning it came back. Yeah. And she was like, whoa, I never realized the power that it had when it came to just simply my ankle pain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where it's like very cool that you guys mentioned that because you know, that's where they go hand in hand is I can't 100%. do it all. Like I'm not, uh, you know, in the realm of athletic train or physical therapy or anything like that. But when you couple them together, the power of healing is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing that it doesn't require any pills or medications or anything like that. It's simply just doing what the body was meant to do. You know, mm-hmm. we were created amazing to heal. Mm-hmm. And so by using you know, these different techniques, we can really heal inward and out. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, like we, like you were saying, I mean, we were first, we're made to move and the body, if you're kind of going down a bad slope, like not eating well, not moving a little bit, you'll be amazed at how quickly your body will adapt. Once you make those changes, it's, it's quick. Like I think people think sometimes it's a daunting task and it's going to something that's going to take a long time to feel and see the changes, but it's really not. It's a pretty quick turnaround once the bodies are highly adaptable, highly resilient. And once you give them what they want and what they're asking for, they're going to respond and thank you for doing it. Yeah. I mean, they so will because those cells will literally, I would say like your cells are the things that are driving your whole entire body. So, and what we eat is specifically fueling our cells. Mm-hmm. Now that is, it's the, our cells are taking the nutrients from it, using it to follow up the processes. And you're so right. It's, it doesn't have to take months or years or anything like that. Is if you can make just small little changes, you can start feeling big impacts. And I'll say then once we get that little bit of like feeling better, then you're going to be even more excited to take that next step and be like, okay, what else can I do? Like, what else should I be doing? And it's cool because I see that when Mm -hmm. I work with people as they're like, all right, what's next? Like, what else (laughs) can I do? You know, which is super fun because then we get to explore like so many more avenues besides Mm -hmm. just food of health is then we get to talk about like our environment and how are the, you know, the products that you're using in your home causing maybe issues for you and stuff and how they could create this overload in your body. So it's just really fun that, you know, people start to really enjoy it. And then they just like, are like, okay, give me more, give me more. (laughs) It's awesome. That's, I think that's the best part when it's -hmm. like that light goes off, they see the change and then they just work for more. It's honestly the best part. Um, I did have a question though. You, so you said people are worried about gluten. Is it a fad? Is it not? Is it, is it not? What do you, everybody, I, I guess from my understanding, from my understanding, everybody has a little bit of gluten intolerance at least, right? And I think it varies from person to person. Um, now with gluten, is the big inflammatory part of gluten gliadin? Yeah. Is that correct? Or like what, tell us more about gluten. I'm pretty interested in yeah, that. Yeah. So gluten, um, so for those of you who don't know, gluten you can find in like wheat, spelt, rye, barley. Um, really, a lot of people, I think when they associate it, they think like your bread, your pasta, things mm-hmm. like that. And yes, yeah, so it has this protein in it called gliadin. And what it does in the body oftentimes, and this is where, yes, everyone is reacting to this because studies have actually shown that when this protein goes into the gut, it actually, for every single person, whether they were actually celiac or sensitive, um, it actually damaged some of the villi. So these like little micro fingerlings that are in your gut and actually damage it for every single person. So that being said is that it really is damaging for anyone out there, whether you have celiac, whether you don't have celiac. And I think a lot of people think like, okay, well, if I'm not diagnosed celiac, then I, I should be fine, right? Well, Long story short, how it's actually tested in the doctor's office does not really give a good picture of how it actually is reacting in the body. So for instance, if they do these blood tests and you come out that 
yes, you're having a reaction, but it's not actually causing like the actual allergy. They'll say, okay, you don't have celiac, you're fine, you can eat it. Well, it's still causing this inflammatory reaction in your body. And so for instance, like kids, a lot of parents will bring their kids in to get them tested and they'll say, oh, okay, I don't have, they don't have celiac. Well, it's simply because that second test, they're looking to see if there's damage on the gut. Well, if there's actually not a significant amount, they'll tell you you're not celiac. But for kids, they haven't been on the planet eating gluten for very long. So they don't have that certain diagnosis of damage. So it's just really powerful when people remove it. And I always tell people that like the most like true to be um, flour, I guess that would be, would be like icorn wheat. So sometimes, sometimes people will travel to Europe actually, and they'll actually be able to tolerate their pasta or their spaghetti or their breads simply because they're typically using icorn wheat or they're not, you know, sprayed with glyphosate or pesticides or chemicals or anything like that, like it is here in the United States. So unfortunately, because of where we live, Um, It's just not really a great option. Now, I will mention, though, that a lot of people will just, you know, okay, well, I'm going to eat gluten-free. She told me that I shouldn't have gluten. And what they do is then they choose gluten-free products from the store that are still processed, still packaged. But what they're all filled with, in order to replace that, they're filled with this extremely starchy carbohydrates and most times sugars, you know, to try and give you that taste bud or that sense of yumminess when they've taken the gluten out of it. So really, I say, just eat the gluten if you're going to go buy gluten-free food, (laughs) because you'll save yourself money, ultimately, and it's not really doing your health any better, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I always tell people this, gluten essentially is like a glue. So if you can imagine, if it's a glue in foods and binding foods together, what is it doing in your gut, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's just um, my take on it. And some people will, Say, hey, no, I'm still going to eat now. It's like, well, that's your choice. That's totally right. fine. Um, but it's one thing that in my study, I have found that it's really important for every single person to take it out of their diet. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that was kind of my understanding as well about that stuff. Um, so when somebody comes to work with you, then what does that process look like? Like what typically, like what do you run them through or? What's kind of the step-by-step process? Yeah. Um, so when someone comes to me and they're like looking for more, they, you know, got certain symptoms that are going on and everything like that, I usually try and see where is the best fit for them. So if they're like, Megan, I'm just starting off. I just want, you know, some recipe ideas and see how this works in my family or my life. Usually I'll steer them towards my meal plans. And my mm-hmm. meal plans are just every single week on Fridays to their email, they get Um, five different recipes that are gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free. And it's usually a breakfast, you know, three lunch and dinners, and then usually like a dessert or a side or a drink or something. And that just gets them started. You know, I've had clients that have actually even started with that. And they're like, okay, I started to feel better, you know, just simply by doing that. Um, If that's, if they're looking for more then, then we talk about, okay, maybe going through one of my group programs is an awesome option. And they can go through it individually or as a group. Um, But I have a two-month option and what will now be a four-month option. And it's just so much fun because I am all about education. Like I am all about teaching you everything about why I share what I do. So my programs are not just like, eat this, don't eat this. It's more so teaching them and educating them on like, what are a protein? What is a carbohydrate? What is a fat? Like, everything when it comes to that. And then also like, how can we undiet our life? How do we like, you know, start meal planning and meal prepping? And, and then, like I said, we get all the way to the point of like our environment of taking care of that. Um, And then stress and mindset, because I find that when I am like, we get to the end of a group program or end of an individual program, I want it to be where you say, Hey, Megan, I got this. Like, I know exactly what to do. I need to keep going. Like, I know, know what I'm doing so that they almost have the same knowledge that I do. And mm-hmm. so that's usually where I'll figure out, you know, based on where they're at, based on, you know, what they want to get out of a program is which one to guide them to essentially. Nice. So do you get a lot of um, like families coming through? 
Yeah. Where they'll do, yes. or is it, yeah? Yeah. So actually right now I've got a group program going on and three of the women um, have, um, one of them has two kids, one of them, okay. and then the other two have three children. So that's been fun is just finding recipes and finding ways that, you know, works for their family because everyone's family is so different. Yeah. And that's what I was wondering is how you make it work from family to family or just for families in general. Yeah. So, and that is just something that we kind of work on an individual basis based on what they may do. I always tell people like the biggest thing before we get started is like, I want you to go in with the mindset knowing that you're not going to change them. All right. We don't ever want to change our spouse. We don't ever want to change our kids. We want to just start introducing more of the really good things. Mm -hmm. So if you can get your kiddos to have a smoothie, that's got some spinach or kale or you know, that something you can hide them in, that's amazing. Or like I share um, these green smoothie muffin recipes with them, where if they can get their kids, one of the girls actually shared with her son that they were Hulk muffins. And he <laughs> oh, was nice. so about that. <laughs> now I'm that's like, awesome. yes, mom, I want to eat these. So, yeah. you know, the ways that we can do that. And then I also usually tell people that, you know, if you're making a recipe, there's always so many alternatives that you can swap things out for what your family enjoys or simply make something that can be made in a couple different ways. So like for our family, a lot of times, my husband still likes eating tacos on regular tortillas, not gluten-free at all, but I'll still <laughs> buy it for him. I'm not going to change him. He'll come mm-hmm. around on his own timing. But for me and my daughter, then maybe we'll cook up some sweet potatoes and serve it on those, or I'll have a salad with it. And then we have like our own fixings of what we may want to put on the top. You know, my husband will put regular cheese on it. (laughs) We'll maybe put some goat cheese or some cheap cheese on it or something. So that's where it's like you can modify things to make it Mm -hmm. work for your family so that you don't feel, first of all, that you're making tons of different meals. Mm -hmm. And then also... I always tell people, if you find a recipe that the whole entire family likes that, you know, meets the requirements of what you want to eat, like save it, put it somewhere where you're going to save it. And then, then when it comes to your meal planning, you don't have to think, okay, what are the kids going to eat? What is my husband going to eat? It's like, you can go to this list that, you know, everyone loves, go back to it, put it on your meals for the week. And it's just really easy then. That's awesome. And that's, that's gotta be kind of fun for the families too. I mean, to kind of be it be all in this together and find what each other likes and don't like and just kind of make it all work together i mean it's more of an atmosphere than a type of fun thing to do yeah and the one thing too especially with kids is when you've got kids those can be a little bit more challenging because they've got kind of a mind of their own Mm -hmm. and sometimes aren't super open to things but i always say you know for however old they are and however long they've been eating, you know, certain ways, like, you know, their typical hot dogs and Kraft mac and cheese mm-hmm. and everything like that. If you just all of a sudden introduce these, like, you know, veggie heavy meals or like, <laughs> you know, really healthy meals, they're going to be like, mom, what the heck? I, of course, love that. <laughs> and, you know, that we just have to give them so much grace and just allow them to explore on their own. And also, I always say educate them as well, too. I've got a two and a half year old and a five month old. And I always am educating my daughter. She's always asking me what the food is. So I tell her, yep, this is kale. This is really good for your belly. You know, this has got certain vitamins in it. Um, This is how we cook it. And the more and more you can involve them in the kitchen, I think the more empowered they are at being like, yeah, I want to eat this. Or yes, this is good for me. And sometimes when it's like unhealthy food that we're around, I'll actually tell my daughter, yep, that's probably not the best for your belly and stuff and she can make that choice whenever she wants to if she's older but you know we just we all have a choice and we should allow our children to have that choice as well too and just you know they're not going to change overnight so just give them that (laughs) choice as well too as we do ourselves yeah that's i think the educational side of things is invaluable and incredibly important i don't think a lot of people get that um at some places and if they understand it I think they're more bought in. Do you typically see that? Like the, you educate who um, the people you're working with, they have a better understanding and therefore a better buy-in and a higher, um, not success rate, but a, just a higher buy-in. Do you see yeah. that? Yes, absolutely, Trevor. It's so, so critical because mm-hmm. I've worked in different areas when it comes to nutrition and we just kind of, we gave them, this is what you're doing. And mm. like, 
almost, I, I mean, I've worked in traditional, like you're going to do this ketogenic diet and this is what it is and this is how it is. But what I found was that when people would come back, they never had really made the lifestyle changes. They never mm. had made it actually who they were. And what I see is that when people finish a program of mine or even just are an, an active on my Facebook group, it's really cool because it's now that, like, it's now something that's fun with them. It's mm -hmm. now something that they get to explore more. And it's something that, yes, a year from now, they're still doing it because it became who they were as a person, not just a, I'm doing a diet to, you know, lose X amount of weight or I'm doing right. a diet to do this. And honestly, when I work in my group programs, like I always tell people, weight loss is a side effect of everything that we do. And majority mm -hmm. of every woman that goes through my program, they lose weight. But we never once weighed ourselves throughout the entire time. That's and, you know, awesome. so that's super motivating for them to realize that, hey, if I simply just eat intuitively to like how my body is hungry or full mm -hmm. and really focus on real and whole foods, it kind of all falls into place. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think too many people focus on that weight loss as their goal when I, I, people get too obsessed with that. They're on the scale every day. They oh, if I'm down half a pound today, but up a pound tomorrow, like it's the end of the world. And if you just, fo like you said, if you focus on the lifestyle, on the habits, on giving your body what it wants, you will achieve th those things, but they are byproducts of kind of the lifestyle and habits that you are now forming. Yeah. And one of the things too, is that we have to really like, our bodies are really, really great at telling us what we need. You know, as being a mom who is a nursing mom right now, my body has been telling me more and more that, you know, I need a little bit more healthy carbohydrates. And it's okay. Like, it feels good. My body feels fueled. Like, my digestion is so great. My weight is still healthy. Like, mm -hmm. so being able to tune into that, you're able then to just do what your body was meant to do. And I always say, like, I don't want you to ever feel like you can't ever have something it's just right. i always say go in with a choice knowing that there may be consequences if you go and have splurge on an ice cream at dairy queen or at you know culver's it that's okay just go in with it with the choice of knowing you may not feel that great and you, mm -hmm. you know that's not a normal for you instead of coming out of it feeling guilty or shameful or like oh yes. I, I didn't do anything because to me i always say What's most important is the thought that you have after you eat it, not what you just ate. Because mm -hmm. it's so much mindset when it comes to making this a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just four months that they spend with me. It's beyond that because we're making this something that is, again, something that will last for a lifetime. Yeah. And going off of that, how do you work with people on the mindset side of things? What does that look like? Yeah, so we um, we work on a whole bunch of different things. So mm -hmm. often when we work in group settings, um, we do a lot of visualization practices. We do a lot of goal setting practices um, where we'll actually walk through kind of what they want in the next 30 days, what they want in the next year for themselves. And that's actually where I start most times is mm -hmm. every single week when we touch base as a group um, in a private message that we have, um, the first thing that we talk about is our intentions for the week, our desires and our our intentions, our declarations, and our inspired actions. And our intentions are who we are being in the world. So in order for us to truly be this healthy individual that we desire to be or X amount of weight, we have to think like that person. All right. So for someone who's healthy, they're not gonna think, oh, Culver's is the best option. You know, that's great, but for someone who's really healthy, they're going to think, okay, I meal plan every weekend. I, you know, I meal prep. Um, I have a meal every night that is cooked at home or, you know, I am an avid exerciser. And I always tell my clients this is that in order for us to be at that place that you want to be, you have to see yourself there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do different exercises um, like in my group in next week, we'll actually be doing an exercise that involves like dance that's um, allowing us to explore the feminine and masculine sides of who we are and how that impacts our choices and how we interact with people. So it's really like we work so much on 
you know, really reducing the stress in their life and going with the flow and ease and stuff like that. But um, it just, it's really, really cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, and to have a community like that, I'm sure is invaluable to the people. I mean, they just, they know yeah. they can go back and forth with other people that are on the same journey as they are. Yeah. And that's actually ultimately why I do most group um, is because people just do so much better when they realize that, you know, someone else is going through the same journey as me or, mm-hmm. hey, I have this question. Let's bounce you, you know, ideas off each other. Um, and I have people that I work with. Um, one of my clients is from Las Vegas right now. One of them's from Oregon. Okay. Like, you know, and some are from here in Wisconsin. And it's just really cool to, you know, have them bounce ideas off each other, even though they don't even live close to each other. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you said something a little while ago that I wanted to come back to. Um, we were talking about cheese. And <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, regular cheese and then goat cheese. And I don't know if like you'll use goat cheese. Can you just explain why that's a little different and some of the benefits of that? Because I don't know if everybody will know that or they'll just hear cheese and they clump it all together. Yeah. So there is a difference. So most people intestinally can actually digest goat or sheep cheese a lot better. Um, You know, obviously sourcing is a really great thing to keep in mind though as well too. So we are in the lovely state of Wisconsin that we actually have an amazing uh, goat farm called LeClaire Farms in Fond du Lac, um, mm-hmm. which you can actually go and see. So the the enzymes and the proteins that are found in goat and sheep cheese are going to be different than that you would found in like cow or dairy. So that's going to make a difference when it comes to So I tell people that everyone's different though. Um, so some people can really tolerate goat and sheep cheese. Like we have no problems with it all in our family. Mm-hmm. Other people can only tolerate it in moderate amounts and then other people can't tolerate it at all. You know, so I always say that's usually my option if you're going to go for a cheese is to go with those two instead of, you know, some people turn to like vegan cheeses or anything right. like that. Right. And it's like, well, if you look at the ingredient list, it's still filled with not things that are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but as people are really like, no, I need to have my dairy or whatever, then I say at least get like a raw dairy cheese you know because then you're taking out the possibility of there being antibiotics or hormones that have been transferred from the milk um, into your cheese that you're consuming so it's kind of on a case-by-case basis um, mm-hmm. of how people feel with the goat or sheep cheese but that's usually our option and they're really tasty <laughs> yeah it's good i like it that's i like that does the same hold true for goat milk then same kind of thing yeah, yeah so- same thing as well too um you have to like when it comes to goat milk i don't know if you ever drink it but um yeah it's sometimes (laughs) some goat milk has a goaty flavor to it and actually i learned this from um my cousin who owns goats is that it's actually how it's handled when it's first um comes out of the goat so right when it comes out they're really actually supposed to put it in the freezer or on cold and oftentimes if it's kept warm for too long it'll have that goaty flavor to it Hmm. so but yeah, the same thing is sometimes that um, I'll have for clients or a lot of my clients will actually just do like a non-dairy milk. So, you know, a nut mm-hmm. or seed milk. Um, and we actually, I teach them how to make it at home by themselves as well, too. Oh, cool. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, so a lot of education, a lot of um, how to cook some things, huh? Yeah. So yeah. actually part of my, um, one of my, my four-month program uh, they get actually cooking demonstrations every other nice. week. So they see me cooking everything. They see me how to like make juice, like fresh, fresh juice, um, how to properly put together a smoothie, because I think some people just like put together whatever they think um, mm-hmm. when it really could be causing them more of um, not good health instead of what they think is good health. And mm-hmm. like just different things. I educate them on like, you know, why are we putting kale into something? Why are we using, you know, turmeric um how is that helping our bodies how is curry powder helping us you know all different things of like that so it's not just like eat this because it's healthy yeah yeah uh you get to actually see me and see me demonstrate how to make it so that it seems like reasonable for your life as well too cool that's probably very helpful um do you there's so many questions i have for you (laughs) (laughs) there's so much i want to pick your brain on (laughs) um 
But when uh, you're cooking and giving um, these tips and tricks and stuff like that, cook, cooking oil. Is there a difference between like, do you cook with oils or do you use like ghee or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So there is definitely a difference. Um, Mm -hmm. especially like when I talk with clients in my two month program about fats, this is the biggest Mm -hmm. thing that we talk about is like which fat or what oil is best to cook with. Yeah. There's two that are best actually for high heat cooking. And this is because they are, um, like they are good to, they have a high smoke point, meaning Mm -hmm. that they're not going to cause actually harm. And sometimes, um, if you're using the wrong oils, it can, and it doesn't have a high smoke point, it actually can be more uh, carcinogenic, so cancer-causing. Yes. So mm-hmm. the two best for high smoke is going to be a coconut oil. And then if you can tolerate, um, I some of my clients can tolerate like a Kerrygold butter. Um, it's a mm. brand that it's made with um, from Irish cows. So okay. they're just strictly grass-fed or ghee. So ghee, Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, ghee is clarified butter. So essentially you can make this at home. You take butter and you um, melt it to the point where the milk solids and the liquid um, separate. And then you strain off the milk solids and what you're left with is is actual ghee. So people who can't tolerate um, even like the Kerrygold butter, the grass-fed butter, they can actually ghee is most times the best. So I would say a ghee or a coconut oil is going to be your best. And then for lower heat points, um, it's going to be more of your olive oil. And then there's certain oils that should never be used with cooking. So these are all ones that should be, they actually kept like cold or we say with use of cold. So like an avocado oil, um, a hemp oil, a flax oil. The reason being is because they're actually really heat sensitive. So um, even like your flax seeds or hemp seeds should all really be kept in like your refrigerator or in your freezer and they shouldn't be exposed to light because they're, they can, what they can do is they can actually oxidize and those oxidized oils can actually in the long run, um, cause, cause like free radicals, which are the things that are very carcinogenic and cancer causing. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's certain yeah. ones that you should be using and certain ones that you shouldn't. Yes. Use. I think that is huge. And I think the smoke point is a big, topic of conversation because a lot of people just don't know they just use it all for one thing um and i don't know Mm -hmm. if they realize that there's some that are better for high heat some that are best used as like salad dressings um yeah and other like that and the other thing all olive oil like if you go to the store all extra virgin olive oil isn't the same is that correct to it and like like can i don't know yeah 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 there is so you know um one thing i always tell people the first line of defense when you buy an olive oil is it should be in a dark glass bottle Mm -hmm. um and that's really key so no matter what the wording on the outside is it should be in a dark glass bottle the reason being if it's in not a dark bottle again then it's being exposed to light while it's sitting on the shelf and then it's in a glass bottle simply for the fact of we don't want those oils to go rancid and glass to me is the best instead of plastic, you know, so that we don't have um, any BPAs leaching into that or anything. So when it comes to it, um, olive oil and like a good organic extra virgin olive oil is going to be sourced from a place where they're not using any chemicals, any pesticides, anything like that. And then same thing goes for coconut oil. So coconut oil, people sometimes um, just grab any sort of coconut oil, but usually we want like an unrefined mm-hmm. organic coconut oil. Um, and again, it's just going to be how it's processed so that when we put it onto our foods or when we heat it, it's not going to be causing, you know, this carcinogenic effect in our body. Awesome. This, this is, I love this. <laughs> so much <laughs> I love, to learn. There's, I love this stuff. And is this kind of the educational stuff that uh, people get when they work with you? Yeah. Yeah. So they will learn all different types of things. Um, it's really fun, you know, just to teach, like I said. Um, mm-hmm. So they learn all of that plus way more. Sometimes so awesome. I think people are like mind blown. There's so much stuff, but it is. It's when you know how to do it, it then becomes something that's enjoyable. It's not something that you really have to work at. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. It, it's great. This stuff is so it, people need to know about it. 
Yeah. And we need to realize what they're putting in their bodies and that there are things that, um, even if they think they're doing it the right way, that maybe they might not be and they just need to make a couple easy changes. Yep. That's exactly what it is, is, is if you can just make some small changes to start with, it's kind of like that, like snowball effect is mm-hmm. you see the results and then you feel great. And then you see the results and you try something new and then you, you just keep going, which is fun. Yep. It is fun. Um, so are there foods that you feel uh obviously are more beneficial but like in general um what are some recommended foods that people should try to maybe work into their uh life a little bit more yeah my in your big- opinion yeah for sure so <laughs> my biggest thing for people is um vegetables that's where like i think uh, you know we hear it all the time like we need to eat more vegetables like we're we're even told when we're a kid like eat your veggies Mm -hmm. but it really comes down to that because if we think about the power of vegetables they have so many nutrients in it they've got so many phytonutrients they've got like these things that are actually like fighting cancer that are fighting disease so i always say start with that the more that you can incorporate it the more that you can put it in every i would say in every single meal is really great um that's one thing that i usually try and help people with another thing that would be great would be stuff that is like foods that are really healing to your guts so Mm -hmm. fermented foods are great so you know having a little bit of something fermented at every single meal whether that be sauerkraut whether that be um you know some dairy-free kefir kimchi anything like that the more that you can get some good gut healing um, foods in the more that your body can start getting the bacteria that it needs to start feeling well too because a lot of our health is dictated in the gut um, and then another thing that I would always say for people is healthy fats you know for so long we are always told to fear fat mm-hmm. and it's really 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 nothing we should be fearing at all so you know adding some good oils like we talked about adding some avocados adding some good nut and seed butters and honestly that was like one of the first things that i really started incorporating more when i had my anxiety and insomnia because anything that is like a brain so anxiety depression mood swings things like that your brain is literally lined with this what's called a phospholipid layer and those are all fats you know so if we don't have enough fat That's actually one of the things that can happen is we can develop things like this. And that's why I always tell people is like the ketogenic diet actually was developed by a Mm -hmm. doctor who was, I think it was ADHD, correct me if I'm wrong, but a kid, yeah, he had saw a lot of Mm -hmm. ADHD and he was like, okay, let's put more fat into your diet. And then they noticed that things would get better. Well, because of that layer, that's why it got better. So yeah, I would say so vegetables, some healthy fats, and some gut healing foods. Nice. I love it. That's when, so a few years back, I, I had some really bad anxiety as well. And when I kind of review what I was doing, I wasn't eating the best, but I also had a pretty low fat intake. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I switched it. Like I, I completely made a, a huge nutritional change um, where I, I swapped like high carb or refined a lot of processed stuff, took all mm-hmm. that out, up the fats that I was doing, like the healthy fat stuff that a lot of it that you had just mentioned. Game changer. Absolutely mm-hmm. a huge game changer. And to this day, it's like, I mean, I still have get anxious every now and then, but it's nowhere near like it was when I was not feeding my body what it was wanting, basically. Yeah. And the cool thing about this is like when you really start cleaning up and eating real and whole foods, the foods that you used to eat, like you'll have a little bit of it. And all of a sudden, like I will notice that my anxiety will present a little bit and I'll think about like, okay, what food did I just eat that possibly Mm -hmm. could cause that? And I will tell you that anytime I am like someone for some reason gives me something that's got normal sugar in it, I will immediately have mood swings i'll be really short with my husband and kids i'll have gut problems right away Mm -hmm. and it's like it's just super powerful to see when you take those things out and really clean things up how much of a difference it really really makes yeah it it really does a huge difference um some sugar alternatives that you'd use what what are those like what what is your go-to 
Yes. Okay. So um, I do not consume sugar besides okay. But I tell people that's not how it starts. Okay. That's not where <laughs> I began. So I always tell um, people when I'm talking with them that there's kind of like the scale of sugar that we start with. We're always used to having the refined white or brown sugar, right? That's just, you know, you go to the bakery and they've got donuts and that's what it's filled with, right? So what I say is the first step that people can take is they can remove that white and brown refined sugars and replace it with like maple syrup or honey. Those are great, like really great alternatives. They've got lots of good nutrients to them. Honey is very antiviral, antibacterial, mm-hmm. antimicrobial. Like if you ever burn yourself in the kitchen, put honey on it. It's actually a really good oh. thing for burns. Didn't know so that. those are great things to start with that you can start replacing that. And then another one that would replace more of that like actual like powder of it is, um, you know, coconut sugar. That's a great alternative as well. Okay. That Okay, move away from white and brown sugar and then move into, you know, these natural sugars of like maple syrup that now if people are looking for like, okay, I don't want to have the blood sugar spike that comes along with consuming, you know, sugars, Mm -hmm. then I say, okay, those are like maple syrup, honey, awesome. They're great. Coconut sugar is great, but it will still have a blood sugar spike, um, meaning that, you know, your blood sugar is going to go up and it's going to have to come down and crash. So then sometimes I'll say, okay, maybe we start with then you substitute it with like a monk fruit or you um, substitute it with like a birch xylitol, making sure that it's derived from birch, not from corn, um, because the corn ones are typically genetically modified Um, or things um, like some people will do stevia. You know, honestly, I say if you can even just somewhat skip that skip, that's even actually better um, Mm -hmm. because those are still, you know, refined as well, too. Um, and then once you master that, and then all of a sudden your taste buds are like, okay, I don't really need much sugar. Then, you know, just adding fruit to things can be plenty enough sweetness. So, I mean, we made last week a banana bread and the only sweetness in it was the bananas. There was nothing nice. else that was added to it at all. So there's lots of alternatives and you just, I would say, it's just start somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. you know, start somewhere of just removing the refined sugar out of your diet. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's so many things that you can make with other alternative sugars that are not going to cause the health effects like, um, you know, white or brown sugar work for yourself. Yeah. Man, I still have so many questions. (laughs) This is is awesome. You are giving so much info um, that just leads to more and more questions. Um, I want to be aware of your time, though. How are you doing? Doing okay? (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm good. I could talk about this for days. Yeah, me too. This is so, I love this stuff. So, okay. So I'm just going to keep going. So you talked, so you briefly brought up the blood sugar spikes. Mm-hmm. Now, we obviously want to mitigate how much that spikes throughout the day, correct? That is correct. And is the reason, the more it spikes, the more detrimental it is basically to inside and over time can lead to, or can, I guess, decrease longevity, not ideal for longevity. Like we want minimal spikes as minimal spikes as possible. And that helps longevity, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really actually, so I specialize in hormonal health and people don't think about foods like this being like hormonal. Like all they think about is like, Oh, I'm a woman, estrogen, progesterone, or I'm a man, testosterone. And really Mm -hmm. We have to think about other hormones as well, too, such as like cortisol and adrenaline. Um, and so when you consume, when you consume any type of food, all right, you have to have your blood sugar has to go up, you know, mm-hmm. but the amount that it goes up um, is going to depend on what you ate. So for instance, if you have a donut, it's going to literally spike very, very high. And then I always say whatever goes up must come down, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes down and we have this lull, that's where people are like, oh my gosh, I need more. I'm craving more. I'm tired. I'm sluggish. So then that's where they're like, okay, I want to eat something else. But we also have to keep in mind that when it crashes, that's also when our body secretes cortisol and adrenaline. So I always, and those are our stress hormones. So I always tell people, you may not think you're stressed physically, like with your relationships or a job or anything like that. But if you're eating this really poor diet, that is, you know, filled with a lot of, I would say, simple carbohydrates um, and sugar um, and not combining that with, you know, some good protein and fat. What it does is your body is actually in a physical state of stress. 
So, and I always say cortisol is one of, it's an amazing hormone. We need it for if we were going to be chased by a bear or anything like that, but it steals from a lot of other hormones. So for instance, I always tell my women that I work with that if you are having a diet like this, you are going to feel more stressed out. You're not going to sleep great because your blood sugar is up all over the place. But then also cortisol steals the spot of progesterone and it will always Mm. win out compared to progesterone. So that being said, now you go to the doctor and now you're estrogen dominant and your progesterone is low. Well, is it you're actually in that state of where you're maybe going through menopause? Probably not. You may just be having a poor diet where your body, it can't take any progesterone because it's blocked with cortisol. So Mm. I always say we have to think of our bodies almost like a bucket. And when that, and, and a bucket of stress per se. So our bodies can only handle so much before it starts to overflow. And when it starts to overflow, that's when we have disease. That's when we have chronic problems. That's when we can't fight off things, you know, like the flu or even COVID-19 right now, because our buckets were so full that all of a sudden now it just overflowed. And that could be things like our diet, but it also, like I said, could be things of the environmental toxins. We can only control so much, obviously, that's in our environment. But if you're, you know, showering in um, like toxic water, you're drinking toxic water, say the, you know, an average woman puts on, I think it's like 30 different cosmetics or beauty products in the morning. Can you think about the amount of toxins that we're taking in for that? Our body can only filter so much. You know, Mm -hmm. it can only detox out so many things. So that's where it's like, if we can manage our blood sugar, we can at least check that off the list and say, all right, this is helping me prevent disease because I'm maintaining a stable blood sugar. So oftentimes with the women that I work with, I sometimes tell them don't snack throughout the day, have your main meals, because every time you're snacking, you're spiking that blood sugar. And again, what comes up has to come down. Mm -hmm. So unless you're going to have a snack that is really balanced with a good healthy protein, I would say protein, fat and fiber, you're really, you're really doing your harm, like more harm to your body than helping. Man, that is <laughs> such good info. <laughs> that is great information. Grateful plates. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, fun. it's all about having fun with it too. Yeah, you have to, you have to make it fun. And I mean, you have to understand it and it's, Uh, It's awesome. It sounds like you've got, you're doing great things. That's awesome. And the the community you're building, I mean, that's, it's awesome. You're helping a lot of people. A lot of people Mm -hmm. need this. Yes, I hope so. And I hope it just helps people understand that like, it's possible for anyone. It is possible for anyone. Like I, like I said, I have a two and a half year old and five month old and my husband works long hours. So it is so possible for any person out there. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything else you want us to know about you, what you are doing at Grateful Plates, anything like that? Um, not really. No, we covered a lot, which is awesome. There's tons more to talk about, but I yeah. know that's what's going through my head. But <laughs> so much time in a so day, much. right? <laughs> I know there's so much. We're definitely going to do more of these. I I could pick your brain for days. I feel like <laughs> this is awesome. I thoroughly. Thank you for all the info you gave us. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. If there's nothing else, then we'll get into it. So uh, what is one health-related book that you feel helps a lot of people or that you would recommend? Yeah. So actually, when I was in school, we had to learn or we had to read a couple of different books and you could pick. Um, there's so many books out there that are so, mm-hmm. so good. But one that I really, really enjoyed was called um, Salt, Sugar, Fat. And it okay. actually talks about um, the pretty much the food system and how it works and how they actually, it's just really eye-opening how they are creating products to really get you to become addicted to them. So for instance, um, sugar, they actually have what is called, um, I believe it's called a set point. And what they do is they put certain amounts of sugar in different amounts in different foods and they have people try them. And what they do is they'll, they'll, there's a point in our taste buds where too much sugar, people aren't going to like it. And too little sugar, people aren't going to like it. So they get to this really ideal set point of where there's enough sugar in it, enough fat and enough salt in it that 
people will really become addicted to it. And it was just super eye-opening to me to realize that if they remove sugar out of it, so people will be like, oh, it's low sugar, no sugar. All they've done essentially is just replace it with fat or salt because they need to get to this certain point where they're going to be able to sell it. You know, they're in this, you know, they're in a, um, a business, you know, right. and it's funny, not funny, but it's ironic that in the book, they actually talk about how a lot of the people who actually are selling these products. So Doritos or, you know, soda or things like that, they actually don't recommend it for their families. They don't <laughs> eat them themselves. Yeah. So it was really eye-opening of like, oh my gosh. And it just gives you that background of like, really, what is the problem when it comes to processed and packaged foods? Why should we mm-hmm not eat them not just oh no they're bad for you mm-hmm. nice that's a that's a good one i'm gonna check that one out yeah oh, it's great i hadn't heard of it yeah definitely it, it is crazy though when you start to look into some things um a lot of these places that have processed foods how they don't recommend it or they don't eat it themselves <laughs> <laughs> i feel like right. that's pretty common in that world yes so that, so common. it should tell you everything you need to know about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Secondly, what's your favorite uh, health-related activity to do uh, in the Green Bay area? Yeah, so like I mentioned, we've got little kids. So we like to actually, so um, I'm sure a lot of people would probably agree with this, but we actually like to go on the trails um, and like the Fox River Trail. But we just actually discovered the East River Trail not that long ago. And we're from East Korea, which is just (laughs) bizarre how we didn't know it. But we like to rollerblade and then we actually push our kids in the stroller. So my husband and I will switch off and we'll push the kids. Um, And it's just fun because you see tons of different families um, and everything. Otherwise, before kids, my favorite place was the YMCA. They were my people that I would work out with every single morning at at 5 a.m. But since having kids, I haven't gotten there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we are five episodes strong now where it's been the trails. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you live in Green Bay, you're, you have snow or rain for nine months. There's only so much you can yeah. do in the uh, summer months. Right. Yeah, we, uh, we've, we haven't been up here too long, so we definitely got to check some of these out. Everybody talks about them. Yeah, and there's always like, you know, we live in the country, so we like being on the side roads and just being mm-hmm. out in, like, my daughter, we go for walks almost daily to see the cows. So okay. it's just a fun thing that we enjoy that as well, too. So yeah. There's lots of beauty and lots of fun things around the area. Nice. Very good. And then final question. What is one piece of advice you would give to somebody to um, help them kind of get back on the healthy lifestyle um, train and really help them take back their life? Ultimately, I, that's how yeah, I always share this with every single one of my clients. Well, two things is um, move the needle forward just 1%. Just 1% will move that forward. Is If you can just simply add one vegetable a day to your diet, that's winning. That's a huge celebration because if you weren't eating any before, um, now you're having more nutrients than you were before. So just move it forward 1%. We don't have to do a 180 degree turn um, because usually that's when we you know, fail and we feel like we're overhauling everything. And then I, my like quote that I always share with all everyone on my page is one choice in one day at a time. You know, if you messed up for breakfast and you had some donuts and some, all these things and whatever, it's okay. Make your lunch better. And then if you had a bad day on Sunday, okay, that's fine. It's one day. Let's make Monday the next day better. You know, where I think is people oftentimes think, you know, oh, I messed up. I might as well just mess up the whole rest of the day. It's like, no, every single choice that you have, you have a choice to either, like I said, build health or build disease, you know? So it's not a just all day thing or a one week thing. Um, and that's what ultimately what I share with people is that you have the choice every single time you are going to put something in your mouth or you're going to think a thought or you're going to interact with people as we have a choice, you know? So that's great advice. That is great advice. It's the small things day in and day out that make the big change. Absolutely. For sure. I always say small, what is, um, in one of my group programs I share, um, small hinges swing big doors. Nice. Very true. (laughs) That's (laughs) good. That's very accurate. Awesome. Megan, this was awesome. If people wanted to reach out to you or 
find more information? Where can they find you? Like a website, email, social pages? Where, where can they go? Yeah. So the best place to best places to find me. So my website is going to be um, grateful-plates.com. Um, and then also the best place to find me is on Facebook. So I'm a little bit active on my Grateful Plates page, but I am more active and share tons of recipes and encouragement and everything and knowledge and stuff in my private Facebook group, which is called Healthy Hormones for Christian Women. So there's that. And then also on my actual Grateful Plates page. So Awesome. Awesome. This was great. Megan, there, there was so much information. So thank you for taking the time um, to answer all my questions. We're definitely going to have you back on because there's much more I'd like to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and I just really cool. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank sure. you so much for having me. And I hope that one person learns something today and they can make their life um, better one day at a time. Awesome. Perfect. And as always, guys, thanks for listening to the Green Bay Health Project podcast. See you next time. If you would like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com.